We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states. And the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live, in-game odds on every major sports, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we have our Detroit Lions versus the Cleveland Browns game preview. We're going to talk about some keys to victory, and we're going to talk about some things the Lions can do to finally get their first win of the season. All on episode 209 of the Pride Podcast. With the seventh pick. In the 2021 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Panay Sewell, tackle, Oregon. He's going to run it straight in! Jared Goldberg! Touchdown, Detroit Lions! DJ Hawkinson, they did it! They tied it! They're an extra point away from winning this game! Oh, baby, how big is that? Oh, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 209 on the Blue Wire Network. Today's episode is going to be sponsored by Underdog Fantasy promo code PridePod. Go use them on the Pickums. They're matching up all the way up to $100 of your first deposit. If you don't feel comfortable with putting $100, you could put up as you could put as low as $10 and they'll match your $10 as well. So go try them out. Malcolm got his first win on Monday or Sunday. He cashed out on Monday, and you know Malcolm is you know he's feeling good now. He's, he's going to go in the pickums, and he's going to get another one on this Thursday. He's going to get another one on Sunday. He's going to get an hot streak. The Ofer's gone. The Ofer is gone. So congratulations again to my dog Malcolm. I don't want to talk about my uh, my success recently on Underdog because it's been horrific. So I might need to take a little break for a little bit. But no. go test out your luck. Malcolm, you got to tell the Lions to like cut off Owen too. Like Owen been like, they got to cut him off this week at least, or maybe versus the Bears, right? Yeah, I mean they got to do something, man. We'll see. I mean yeah, Malcolm, we'll Malcolm found a way to cut him off. Could the Lions figure yeah. out how to cut him off this week versus the Cleveland Browns? That's gonna be the test. But I got my two guys as always, Malcolm, Pierre. How you boys doing today? Woo! I am doing well. What's up with you guys? Pierre, welcome back. Welcome back. You didn't miss much in our post game versus the Pittsburgh Steelers because you probably, you know, save some great hair, save some, you know, just valuable time not talking about that shithole of a game. So, Tyler, I was studying for two exams, so I have plenty of great hairs. Don't worry about that. I can't tell you what I'd rather do. Uh, <laughs> study for an exam or talk about that shithole game. It was, yeah, it was tough, but it's, it's, they, it's they were, bad. they're both as bad. Um, so, you know. Uh, let's just get into the Lions and Browns. All right, here. What's what's the Cleveland Browns injury report looking like? Um, we're gonna start with their uh, did not practice. So first was Miles Garrett not injury related. Uh, Stefanski said he's gonna play though, but he didn't practice. He's dealing with some personal issues. 
Cornerback A.J. Green, concussion, didn't practice. Cornerback Troy Hill, neck, didn't practice. Defensive lineman Malik Jackson, knee, didn't practice. Jarvis Landry, knee, didn't practice. Baker Mayfield, left shoulder, foot, and knee, didn't practice. Uh, Mayfield actually said, like, this is the most banged up he's ever been, but it's the fans he's expecting him to play. Um, and then we have, is that Anthony Schwartz? Oh, yeah, the wide receiver. Concussion, did not practice in the limited. Uh, the Davian Clown dealing with a wrist, ankle, knee injury. Uh, Tack McKinley, is that right? He's yeah. growing. He's limited as well. And Donovan Peoples-Jones, uh, Michigan, former Michigan wide receiver, actually got hurt in practice today, growing limited. So that's something to monitor. And then he agreed to William shoulder full. Um, that's their injury report. Again, I don't know how serious these are. We'll have to wait on our post-game pod to see who's in and who's out. But maybe the concussion one, I monitor that one. And I'd monitor even Baker Mayfield. Like, I know Savannah said expects to play, but Baker said this is the most banked up he's ever been in his career. So, yeah. no, And I think we're, we're going to get into that Cleveland Browns offense, but Baker Mayfield does not look the same as he did last year when they had a very successful season. You know, they gave the Chiefs a run for their money. They killed the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs. This is not the same Baker Mayfield we saw last year. And you wonder if that has to do with the injuries or if that's something else, but we'll, we'll get into that. Malcolm, what's the Lions injury report looking like? Yep. So the Lions injury report we have started with your boy, money man, Trey mm-hmm. Flowers. He has a knee injury. He did not participate in practice today. Quarterback, Pierre's boy, Jared Goff. He had an oblique injury. <laughs> he did not practice today. Jamar Jefferson, he has a knee and ankle injury. He did not practice today. Tackle, Matt Nelson, he has an ankle injury. He also did not practice today. Then we also have Austin Bryant. He had a shoulder injury. He was limited. DeAndre Swift, he had a shoulder. He was limited today. Tracy Walker, his concussion, he still practiced, but he was limited. Jamal Williams, he had a thigh injury. He was limited. And then that was pretty much it. And we have Jerry Jacobs. He's on the injury report with a groin injury, but he was a full participant. That is good to see because he exited that game versus the Steelers and did not return, I don't believe. So that's good to see. Jacob's back on the practice field as a full participant, but you named some crucial guys on this list. You mentioned the starting quarterback of the team didn't participate. And Dan Campbell says it's a day-to-day injury for Jared Goff. And the status right now is unknown. We don't know if he will or won't play this Sunday versus the Cleveland Browns. Obviously he was very hurt versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we talked plenty about that. And then you mentioned Trey Flowers. It seems like every other week he ends up on this injury report for something different. And then Tracy Walker, that's also a good sign as well to see that he was on the practice field as, as some limited capacity. And I believe he posted on his Instagram story that he will play this Sunday. So He sure did. Yeah, he posted on the story. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. not a trainer. I don't know if he got some type of clearance or I don't know where he got that information from, but he says he will play this Sunday. We'll see how true that ends up being on Sunday. But, yeah, the Lions suffered some injuries, and you said DeAndre Swift with the shoulder. I'm surprised it's not his back injury with all the carries that he had. <laughs> that, that's facts, man. I, I'm shocked, too. Yeah, his back should be hurting. I am surprised with the with it being a shoulder injury. But, all right, I want to talk about Jared Goff's injury. So, there's actually an unknown status of Jared Goff will play this Sunday. I'm going to ask you up here, you know, if Jared Goff ends up missing this Sunday, it looks like Tim Boyle will be the guy. If, he, if he's good to go, he's getting the first-team reps in practice right now. Yeah. Guess what's your thoughts on potentially seeing Tim Boyle start this game this Sunday? I'll give you my honest opinion. First of all, I think they should play golf on IR. You already know what you have in him and evaluate Tim Boyle and potentially David Blau. Boyle's troubles, let's see what Blau could do, right? Because we already know what you have in golf. Um, that's what I would do. They, they're not going to do that. I don't think they're going to do that. They're probably going to start Boyle this week. And Boyle has a nice arm. We've talked about that, but he's not accurate at all. The guy is just not accurate, but he, he'll laser it. He'll throw deep, but he'll probably miss on some. He's not accurate. So do you, uh, th- do, do you think that changes up the playbook when you go from a, a quarterback like Jared Goff to a quarterback like Tim Boyle? Like not, not that I think very highly of a Tim Boyle, but do you think the game plan changes at all or the, the thought process of Dan Campbell, who is calling plays now, and it looks like he's calling plays for – I, I don't know, at least going into this game. We don't know. I, mean, I can't take the remainder season because that could change very easily. But going into this game, looks like Campbell's probably going to call plays again. Yeah, um, d- does the play calling, you think, change this week? You know, take out the weather, take out all that. I'm just saying as a quarterback in general, do you think the game plan changes? Not really. I think they're going to try to run the ball still. Do you think we see anything similar to what we saw versus Pittsburgh? 
Yes, but also um, if it's not raining and like your quarterback's not hurt, I think there'll be some more shots down the field as well. Because Boyle likes, like I said, he has a strong arm, but he's not accurate. So I think we'll see some shots too. And Boyle also, he's not a checkdown artist like Goff. We'll see some deep passes. A lot of them will be misses because he's not accurate. But we're going to see like a more aggressive quarterback, I guess, if that makes sense. I think we were talking a little bit before the show as well. We were talking about the Cleveland Browns corners and you were telling me that they're, they've been a strength for this team this year, maybe outside of the nickel corner, Troy Hill. He, I guess he's been struggling a little bit and their safeties haven't been the biggest strength for this team either. But overall, this is a defense that has good corners. Um, So it's going to be a difficult matchup. It's not like last week when he played Pittsburgh where their secondary is and all that. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Cleveland Browns kind of play it defensively. But, Malcolm, I'm going to ask you the same question. Tim Boyle looking looking like he's going to be the quarterback inserted this week if Jared Goff can't go. What's your thoughts on Tim Boyle potentially starting this Sunday? It's interesting. I'm actually, yo, low-key excited because we're going to get to see something different. And, you know, if you're going by preseason, what you see by um, Tim Boyle, you're probably not that excited. But – I don't. I think they really, they really kept things vanilla. I think it's gonna be a similar situation to how we felt about Panay. Um, if you're looking judging his preseason, you know, you're probably scared his first game playing right tackle. But I think Tim Boyle is gonna be a lot better than we than we're all anticipating him to be. I don't know why. I don't know why I feel a little excited about this. Is it because I'm tired of golf? That's probably what it is. But yeah, it like, probably is. But, but Tim Boyle doesn't excite me either. So it's like. I'm going back to my garbage can and recycling bin analogy. It's like yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I don't really care. I mean, yeah. they're both they're both terrible. We don't have a quarterback on this roster that I really think anything of. And Tim Boyle fits in that criteria. I mean, yeah. my, my thing my thing right now is that I haven't seen him play a regular season game. That's that why that, that's why I'm excited because yeah, we've seen him preseason, but how how much can you go by preseason? Can you really go by preseason like that? Like the the play calling is vanilla. The the receiving court he was probably working with wasn't, I mean, still gonna be the well, same receiving court. Well, <laughs> I mean, but but still, I mean, it's, it's I think it's a different vibe from preseason. We're looking at preseason compared to the regular season. The only reason why I'm excited is because this is my first time seeing him in the regular season. Now, if he comes uh, out and stink, I'm probably not gonna want to see him again. I believe he only has three completions for 15 yards in his career. Um, I mean, most so. of his time he's been taking knees for <laughs> for for yeah. Aaron. Do you remember to that? answer oh. your uh, your question about their secondary, they're ranked 11th against the pass and fifth against the run. So Cleveland's defense is pretty good. They're number fifth overall in total defense. Yeah, I'm just remembering a video. Malcolm sent me in the offseason when we signed Tim Boyle. He yeah, sent me a, knees, bro. He sent me a compilation of Tim Boyle taking <laughs> knees for like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. That was funny. Wow. Yeah, I mean that's the only thing I've really seen of him in the regular season. Is yeah. him. You know, the score is out of hand. A-Rod is out, out the game, and in comes Tim Boyle to just kneel the ball down. I remember yeah. we're, we're doing an offseason podcast. I think we're doing a free agency, some signs that we made. And just as we're recording, the Lions signed Tim Boyle, and I told Malcolm – I told him breaking news, and he looked like he went to slap me across the face. He looked so pissed when I told him we signed Tim Boyle. He goes – he goes, okay, what does that do for me? Yeah, bro, what is it? And what then he goes, you know what? I'm going to look into it. And then he sends me a compilation of him taking knees. That was <laughs> that's, that's, all they, that's all they would have find. That's crazy. But, man, I'm excited, man. I I, I just like seeing – you know, I've been through this assignment before. You know, when it was Driscoll's first time playing, I was like, you know what? I'm low-key excited. I don't, I don't know what the hell Driscoll's going to bring to this, but I'm excited. Let's see what Driscoll could do. And then okay. David Blau, when he first came in, I was like, I've never seen David Blau. Let's, let's see David Blau. Okay, so this is the same kind of hype. I I understand your excitement a little bit more now because Jared Goff is freaking terrible. So I understand like wanting to see anything different. But when Jeff Driscoll had to come in for Matthew Stafford, I was not excited at all. No, yeah, I was so down when that happened. I was so down that that happened. I was just trying to find some type of pause. I was trying to look at the glass half half full. But like now, <laughs> I understand. Like if you're some not optimistic because you don't sound optimistic, but you're like, I guess intrigued to see Sunday how Tim Boyle looks. I understand that a little yeah. bit more because it really can't get much worse at the quarterback position with Jared Goff. So I understand that one a little bit more. But if you were excited in 2019 for Jeff Triscoll or David Blau, I have questions. <laughs> you don't remember? I was kind of like, all right, uh, maybe we have a chance. Let's see what Driscoll could do. 
I thought you maybe remember? for five. I thought maybe for five minutes because yeah, the Clippers after, had no game no. film on him. I'm like, but like, I'm like, hold up. We were going from Matthew Stafford to Jeff Driscoll. There yeah. should be no excitement here. Yeah, it was it was it was a bad feeling, but yeah, I don't know, man. Do you think like like what would happen? I and mean, th- this is the thing that this is the thing that excites me. Is the what if? What if this dude has like a Mike White type game? Wins a game, has an awesome game, and then now now here comes the controversy of. Who should be your starter? You know, Jared Goff is not now. Now Jared Goff is not healthy, but just say, you know, this is not gonna. I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but what if Tim Boyle comes out with a game of 400 yards, three touchdowns, and wins the goddamn game? <laughs> then what? Then then, then oh, now, oh. people people would be laughing at if we said this about Mike White. If we were a Jets podcast and we said this about Mike White on bro. Wednesday, people would be laughing. Maybe Malcolm is speaking some human existence right now, bro. I'm just saying, like, what if he had like a Mike White type game? And then yeah. now, ne- and then the week after Thanksgiving game, going, they're like, "Oh shit!" You know, Jay- golf is healthy now, but who should be your starter? Then what? That's the TB twelve. That's that's the things that kind of excite me right now. That's that's what's exciting <laughs> me right now. The what if? What if this dude comes out and balls the hell out? I wasn't saying stop to you, Mug. I was saying stop to Peter when he called He's Tim called Boyle TB twelve. Yeah, you don't do that. <laughs> hey, that's what they call it, man. That's no, who? 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 <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, guys. I heard the, words, on the, sh- I, I heard the words on the streets. They call them TV 12 around here in Detroit. <laughs> no, no, man. But I all mean, jokes like, aside, I mean, yeah, I mean, if Tim Boyle could put that some type of performance, I don't expect that. Obviously, I don't, no, think, any, no. I don't think any fan should come into the mindset of Tim Boyle doing anything close to that. But like, it is a what if. It's the NFL. Anything could happen, right? Anything crazy yeah. could happen. You know. You're playing historically a team who's known as poverty as you are, the Cleveland Browns. I mean, they, they could lose this type of game, and it wouldn't shock me. Like, like this, is, this is the type of game how I imagine the Lions, like, in a couple of years, like, I hope they're good. But I could just see them still doing the most Lions shit ever, like, lose, like, a game that they should not lose. Why would you speak that to existence? Yeah, why are we doing this? Cut his mic off. Cut his goddamn mic Because it's going to happen. <laughs> Boy, at least we're, we're, we're a good football team, which I wish that would be good. Yeah. Um, look, man, when, when you look at Tim Boyle, like when they gave him that much, I was like, why the hell did they give him that much money in the offseason? It is what it is, though. Well, let's see what – I mean, he might not – if Goff is healthy, Goff's going to play. But I think they're going to roll with Boyle this week. Let's see what he could do. And I don't know, man. I don't, you guys are not like – I mean, I don't know, man. I think it's the whole thing of – man. The, I just – I'm tired of seeing Goff. I'd rather – I'd see – Malcolm, I'd rather see you out there than Jerry Goff. How about I, that? I, I don't really have an I'd be thrilled like, if, Malcolm Hart like was, if Malcolm Hart <laughs> was out there as my quarterback. I'd be I thrilled. Have, I don't have an arm like that. And You don't need an arm. You, you guys could run the uh, yeah, read uh, options. The read option? Uh, yeah, I don't think my speed's like that anymore, man. I'm, 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 I'm 34, man. <laughs> Malcolm, what happened the last time you ran a 40? <laughs> Yo, no lie. That was when I was dead ass out of shape. And I went to yeah you guys remember I went to the Sunday Super Bowl, the Super, Bowl Super Bowl experience that's what's called Super Bowl experience and yeah you can run your forty you can do all this other shit and yeah I ran my forty with my daughter and yeah pulled my quad didn't go well that's tough right yeah it was tough didn't even finish pulled it just fell instantly probably fell like twenty meters in. See, Malcolm, you don't know who was watching there. Like, maybe there was some legit evaluators out there, and maybe you could have been starting this game. This At that week. time, you I was know. what? You never know. That was that was that was legit. That was la- that was that was that was twenty twenty. That was last. That was last year. Twenty. No. Well, yeah. Early yeah, twenty twenty. Twenty nineteen yeah, season. Twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen season. season, but it was it was in February, so February yeah, twenty twenty. Yeah. So yeah, I was thirty three. Nah. No, nobody's looking at me. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean did, didn't Kurt Warner get a job working at like a grocery store or something like but that? Kurt Warner was, um, he wasn't 33. That is true. <laughs> this is like the end, the end of your career when you're that like that true. age. Yeah, this that, is not the beginning of you. This is the end. That, that is <laughs> right. football, football life. Um, but yeah. Okay, but like Tim Boyle, I mean, I, I hope there's something there. Like, I hope, like, I, I don't expect it, but like, he realistically could just be okay, like just yeah. okay. And there's going to be controversy and conflicting thoughts if he's just okay from the media, the fan base, and maybe just maybe even the front office and the coaching staff itself. Maybe there's some conflicting thoughts. I mean, I think you're seeing with the New York Jets right now, like I know Zach Wilson's not 100% healthy right now, but 
you know, they rolled with Mike White for, I believe, two weeks. And then they had Josh Johnson coming for Mike White when he came in for an injury because Wilson wasn't activated, obviously. And then this week, as we're going into week 11, Joe Flacco is now the starting quarterback for the, the New York Jets. I got to say something about the Jets. I think that's stupid. Yeah, that, that's that's all I got to say. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel that because that, that's a completely different situation because Zach Wilson was your number two overall pick. And, like, that's someone you should be trying to develop. Like, Jared Goff is an afterthought at this point. So. No, no, not like Zach Wilson. I think, like, he's still hurt. What's stupid is playing um, Joe Flacco. Look over even a Mike White. White, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's dumb, but that's uh, we don't cover the Jets, so I don't really care about the Jets. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I I agree with you, but yeah, they're rolling with Joe Flacco this week. I wish it was our guy Josh Johnson. That'd be exciting. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Give me the weaknesses up here. What's the weaknesses on the Cleveland Browns defense that the Lions horrific offense with Tim Boyle potentially this week? What's something the Lions should attack this week? I mean, their interior of the line is kind of a weakness, like stopping the run interior-wise, but like overall they're loving against the run. I don't know if they necessarily like have like a true weakness. Their nickel corner, Troy Hill, he's hurt. Uh, their safeties have struggled a little, but John John Johnson's a good safety. Ronnie Harrison is he's decent. Um, but they've struggled this year. So what's the game plan for Dan Campbell? Is he calls the second professional game? Tyler, this is hard to game plan, but I think what you have to do is you try you have to go do your strength, strength, um, have your own line try to move these guys. Yeah, from the that, ball, basically. Yeah, I mean, I think the running game, like I, I think we talked about it last episode, it was where they found an identity running that ball last week versus Pittsburgh, and I think that's something they should use to their strength and continue to uh, run the ball. I, I don't think anybody here, at least I, I'm going to speak for you guys. If I'm wrong, correct me. But I think I could speak for all of us right now and say we we like the implication of getting a run game going but it was just a bit much and it, it eliminated the passing game completely. And that should not be the case. Yeah. Like third and 10, if all you're doing is running the ball and I mean, you, you saw Pittsburgh adjusted, they start stopped running and then Swift was gassed. Like I thought also leaving Swift in there was kind of a mistake. You had Godwin equal up He had a couple nice runs. They took him out. He never really came back in. So I thought they mismanaged that as well. But, you know, again, it's a young coaching staff, and it was Campbell's first time calling plays. So they're, they're still adjusting, and we'll see what happens. Yo, Pierre, I, I, last episode, I know you weren't here, and we had a little discussion yeah. about ROC, Anthony Lynn. What are your thoughts on Anthony Lynn right now? I still think he's the OC, but I think if maybe they could find an upgrade, I don't think he's a lot to be back. Because if Campbell takes play calls, just taking play calling duties from him, that kind of tells you maybe what he thinks about him or, like, I don't know. Like, it seems like they don't really have confidence in him, right? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I mean if so you, far, head coach is calling plays. Like, I thought 
Lynch started well in the beginning of the year. He was spawned some creative stuff, and then they kind of just went to being kind of like boring, just throwing the ball, checking it down. Just... Guys started getting hurt also when you lose Tyrell Williams, Quintus Cephas, um, even Jamal Williams, right? You kind of like, you don't have much. To begin with, they didn't even have much. And then when you lost those guys, you really don't have anything on offense. Yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been pretty bad. Um, it's tough, I, I do man. I do think he's been. I mean, like out of all the coaches like that we signed this year, you, do you feel like he's a, the weakest link too? Anthony Lynn. I mean, you could say that. I guess, yeah. Okay. The thing is, though, I I'm, I'm I know it's only one game, so I'll take it with the grain of salt. I'll give him more of an opportunity, even though that's not what we hired Dan Campbell, but. Um, that one game alone that I saw with Dan Campbell calling plays, I mean, you could say Anthony Lynn has been bad, but nothing has been as bad as that, in my opinion. Not even anything close to that. The thing is, too, when you look at Anthony Lynn, I think it's not also fair to put all the blame on him because you look at his personnel, he doesn't have anything. He doesn't have a wide receiver one. He doesn't have a good quarterback. The O-line, there was a lot of, like, different combinations and stuff. The O-line hasn't really been healthy. Like, Taylor Dyke was out, Matt Nelson's in, okay, Frank Ragnar was out, Everett Brown's in, you know what I mean? Like, just shuffling of O-line. I think we had nine different combinations on the O-line this year, or ten, something like that. So that doesn't help either. Um, your best playmaker is a tight end and a running back, and those are kind of easy to scheme against, to be honest. Like, it's not hard to stop a tight end. It's not hard to stop a running game, like, in the passing offense. Yeah. Um. So it's really hard, too, on Lynn. So I guess maybe if he gets a real quarterback and – some legitimate wide receivers, maybe then you could um, you could evaluate him. It's hard to evaluate right now. It really is. But do you think that they could give him the call of duty again? I think he'll get call of duties back again, yeah. Um, I still think he's part of the game plans. Like, he's an OC, right? He's, yeah, still, no, had, he's still leading the offensive meetings I'm and just stuff. saying, as far as in-game calling and him, you know, being the offensive coordinator and having his role back, not Dan Campbell taking over completely. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if he gets some of it back this week. Um, Campbell was first time calling plays. Again, I don't like what he did. But then when you look at Jerry Goff, he got hurt, and the weather didn't help. And the Pittsburgh Steelers were basically doing the same thing the Lions were doing. So towards the end, um, maybe the weather didn't help. I don't know. See, but the thing was, though, that that wasn't something they just did in the second half when the weather started to get bad. I mean, the weather in the first half was completely fine, and the Lions still had the same exact game plan. And it was working. It was working. Yeah. But there was no – you know, caveat at let's add to this and like, let's, let's mix it up a little bit. And that's something I'll give to Anthony Lynn. I feel like he's tried at least to mix up the offense a little bit more and he's tried to keep it a little more creative. And, you know, Dan Campbell was just, it, it was a one hit trick. It was, it was, it, we're going to run the same play essentially. And we're going to run the ball. And that was about it. And yeah, the weather was, was bad, but I mean, it didn't stop the Pittsburgh Steelers from passing the ball 50-plus times in that game with Mason Rudolph, which I don't necessarily agree with, but it didn't stop them from completely you know, eliminating Well, you got to remember, the Steelers have they have better weapons too. I mean, they were without Claypool, but they have Deontay Johnson. They have Friermuth. They have better weapons than the Lions. They have, they have like a really good running back, right? Yeah, I understand um, that. So the Steelers have better weapons than Detroit on the out. They also had that duty balled out against us, Ray Ray McLeod, speedy yeah. guy. I think they sent him off their practice squad or elevate him. He was really good for them. Um, like their guys step up when the Lions need a receiver to step up. We haven't had that. For example, Cephas went down. Like no one's really stepped up, but Claypool went down. Ray Ray McLeod stepped up, right? Yeah. It's kind of. I mean, but like we didn't even give him an opportunity last game. That that's that was the frustrating part to me. It was like we, we they, gave him very limited opportunities. They, they tried, I don't they think did, they trusted. They didn't trust Jared Goff, and he did throw a deep pass. Was underthrown too, and he was really slow at going through. His, you saw there was a couple plays where Goff was late on his passes. A swift screen where he almost freaking killed him, um, and then there was another play I believe was screen pass to Hawkinson. It was like that late. was freaking terrible. We had a great drive going, which we ended up getting the touchdown, but. I mean, Jared Goff almost threw that whole entire drive away with their interception right there. Yeah, he's really slow at going through his progressions, and the Lions are thinking, okay, like, and he's playing hurt. The Lions are thinking, okay, if we pass the ball, is he going to throw a pick? Is he going to get more hurt? Or I don't know, man. I just I don't know what's going on through their minds, but they obviously don't like Blau because if they thought Blau was, like, a little serviceable, they would have played him. But they kept Goff in there. Tells you, and also it tells you Boyle hasn't practiced since the preseason. I was just he's coming back right now. And he's getting first team reps. So it tells you what they think about David Block. 
I was just going to say that this is the biggest F you to David Blau I've ever seen. <laughs> you know, they're just yeah. not even giving him an opportunity where, you know, the guy's been healthy for 10 weeks and Tim Boyle, you know, had the hand injury, was out for nine plus weeks. And as soon as the guy comes back, Tim Boyle's immediately the backup quarterback, which, I mean, that's just, I'm not going to say it's shocking, but it's just, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so Tyler, I mean, going to your point about, um, you know, them not taking shots, you know, the, the, the biggest shot they took in that game is when that's when Jerkoff got hurt. Yeah. He got hurt. He got hurt on that throw. Yeah. Um, when Evan Brown pretty much like landed, like he got pushed back all the way to him. So it's, I think after that, that was just the end of it. That just was the end of it. They wasn't okay, going to okay. take more shots. Okay, okay. I'm not saying 30, 40 yard shots the whole game. I'm saying just pass the sticks. We're not even throwing 10 yards. I mean, I think Jared Goff's air raid yards average was 1.6 yards. That game yeah, uh, was bad. Excuse me. Even when, um, even when Goff is healthy, he doesn't throw it past the sticks. It's yeah. really frustrating to watch. That's what yeah. I'm saying. And, and, and um, the thing is also – how much is that to, as, as the wide receiver's issues as well? Because, like, as a, as a wide receiver, you got to know, like, all right, if you're going to run an out route, you got to run an out route, at, you know, behind the first down marker. Yeah. But they're running it in front of it, and it's coming up short. They're running, they're, they're, running, they're running a hitch route, but they're running a hitch route eight yards or seven yards instead of, you know, maybe, maybe you know, 10 or 12. Right. So, you know, how much of that is, is that as well? Okay, but I'm this, saying this, this we're, we're, factors that go into it, man. we're averaging 1.6 yards. Uh, oh, yeah. That, that, I mean, game, that game, they just didn't throw the ball. I mean, you got to think about it. He was throwing screens. He, he didn't throw the ball. He didn't throw the ball past eight yards until he actually needed to in, what was it, the, the, the two-minute warning? The, I don't know. The, the how, how about, how about in that overtime, they actually going to a play action. It's the first play, the the, the – the first play in overtime is a 30 plus yarder to Amon Ross and Brown to play. Yeah. Yeah. Why didn't they do a little more of that? I, I mean, he obviously to, could throw the ball. That that goes to your play caller. They exactly. didn't they didn't call those plays. Exactly. They didn't call the plays. And maybe those plays were hurting him. I don't I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean it's hard. Like, when you like like sit back kind of like not the immediate rejection, you just sit back and you look back at that game. The game was sloppy for both. Like neither team deserved to win honestly. They both deserved an L because you had so many mistakes on both sides of the ball, whatever, both both teams. But especially, like, when you look at the lines and they had a chance to convert, like, for example, third and five, third and six, third and ten, they would just run a draw. And I think they converted once or twice on that. Other than that, they really converted. And then they tried a couple of screen passes. Those didn't work. Yeah. And, Malcolm, that deep shot to Raymond Goff was late. If Goff threw that a little earlier, I don't think he would have got hit like how he did. He was, he was looking at the safety. He didn't get hit. He didn't get hit, but uh, Evan Brown like. Got I know, but I feel like game. if he threw it a little earlier, I don't think he would have been hurt. Um, he was he was late on the pass. He was actually really late on the pass. Yeah, I mean it's gonna be interesting now adjusting to Tim Boyle and to see what adjustment they kind of make this week on offense. As far as you know, you're playing another outdoor game, but I don't believe the weather should be as much of a factor. Um, I, I'm not using the weather as an excuse of last game, but it's gonna be interesting to see how they how they adjust with Tim Boyle now as a quarterback and a guy, you know, you guys mentioned has a bigger arm is more willing to take shots. It's going to be interesting to see if at all they, they adjust it, even though they should, you know, still implement the run game. That should still be the identity of the offense, but I still want to see some passes mix in there just more often. I mean, last week was the first week where it was a close enough game where you could continue to run the ball the whole game, or like you could make that something that you could, you know, do for the whole game you don't have to completely eliminate it like previous weeks the only problem i have with it is they didn't grow on it and i want to see this week is use that run game to your identity still make that your identity we're going to be a team that's going to run down your throats but it shouldn't be officially eliminating the pass because you, you'll see like with the pittsburgh Steelers, they're going to adjust to you what you're doing and if you if you are not going to adjust and just going to continue to do what you were doing like last week it's going to bite you in the ass yeah, I don't. I don't see that. I don't see that that happening. I don't see the exact game plan. I think the weather played a big factor to it. I think Jared Goff being hurt played a big factor into it. Now you have a guy who's fresh. You have a new, you have a brand new quarterback. We'll see what they could do, man. This is when this is the game for Dan Campbell. If the play calling is bad, then I can see the play calling going right back to Anthony Lynn. Um, I'm gonna be honest, guys. During this game, you have Garrett and Clowney. They've combined for 84 pressures. And 15 and a half, or wait, 13 and three and a half, um, 16 and a half sacks. 
I don't think we're going to see that many deep shots. I think we're going to see um, some quick passes, yeah. some screen pass. The way you slow down a pass rush is do some screens, run at them, quick passing. That's how you slow down a really good pass rush. And those guys have been playing at a high level, man. Yeah, I mean, the the personnel that you're playing this week compared to last week is is obviously different. You're getting more talented players this week with Cleveland compared to when you played Pittsburgh. Um, but I still want to see them. You can't have anything what you had like last week. You still have to mix in a, some type of passing game. I don't care that they have Miles Garrett. And I don't care that they have Jadavion Clowney. I understand. And Dowell, Dowell from Malik the middle. Dowell, yeah. yeah like, I, they're obviously going to get pressure. And I, and I, like I said, I'm not making that my identity of a passing team, but it can't be anything like we saw last week versus Pittsburgh. It can't be like that. You have to have more of an air raid offense than 1.6. Yeah, you're not, you're not going to see that. You're going to see, like, Boyle takes more more chances. It's just the way he is. Like, he has a strong arm. He trusts his arms to take more chances. But I don't think you're going to see that much bigger a difference of a game plan because these corners are good and our receivers aren't good. And this D-line is good and our O-line is good. So I think what you do is do strength on strength instead of weakness on strength. I know, right. but I think what he's going for it. What he's talking about is like on third and eight. You shouldn't like. I don't. I'm saying we can't just run the ball, the ball and play the field position. No, no, I don't oh. think they'll do that. No, I think they'll like Boyle. Boyle likes to throw it deep, like I said. So, no, uh, I don't. I don't think it's that. I just like, like, like I said. I think it, that boiled down to the injury and the weather. So I don't think we're gonna see that this game. As far as like the third downs, the third, third, third down runs, stuff like that. Unless it's third and short, but I don't see him doing like a third and. Third I want to see an NFL. <laughs> I want to see an NFL offense because last week was down an NFL offense. That honestly, like, I'm not even trying to play. Like, I'm not even trying to joke around. That reminded me of like a, a, a high school type of offense. The way with that that big heavy set, like it, it really reminded me of a high school offense. Not gonna lie, or maybe some type of college offense. It just wasn't an NFL offense to me at all, and that's something that is not gonna work in the NFL. It'll work for maybe a, a drive. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this, man. If if Matt Nelson didn't get hurt, that shit would probably worked from to the, no, to the fourth quarter. Absolutely not. I'll it's say this: not. if yeah. Santoso yeah. nails his field goal, that worked basically because they would have won the game. Yeah. Well, sure. I mean, well, as far as the offense, I think the off, the, the running game would have would have been rolling if Matt Nelson didn't. The get Pittsburgh hurt. still just completely adjusted to it, though. I know you can sack the box. You can, look at the Tennessee Titans. They they team sack the box against them all the time, but they their running games doesn't stop. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, just if you have a running game, if you have a, a back that can run the ball, Nick Chubb. <laughs> I understand. Like Nick Chubb all the time. But I, their offensive line, they're able to create holes, and he goes through them. No, what we were able to do this game is we were able, with the extra linemen, we were able to create holes, and the guys were able to go through it. But when Matt Nelson went down, those holes were gone. And, and I, also, I think Swift was got tired towards the end. Like, he wasn't breaking tackles like he was in the beginning of the game. And that was another yeah, mistake. And also, the holes are gone. The holes are gone. And, and, I, and I understand that you can get away with some type of games where we've seen Jared Goff, for example, or Jimmy G or Kirk Cousins, they've gotten away with maybe throwing like 15 passes in the game and still winning a ball game just because of relying on the run game. I'm saying that's okay. But the way that the lines were like passing, they weren't even attempting to pass the sticks. I mean, they were literally just relying on the run game. That cannot happen in the NFL. I don't think they won the game if they continue to do that the whole game because Pittsburgh was adjusting to it, and I think they would. Well, let's be honest, bro. They would have won the game if their kicker didn't fuck up. I understand that, but I'm saying as far as the the game that we watched itself, that was a game where you should have won. Like it shouldn't have been came. It shouldn't have came down to the kicker, in my opinion. It shouldn't have. Yeah, it's fair. It's fair argument. So. Yeah, but let's not talk about that game. Let's talk about this game. Yeah, and I'm just saying, as far as what we see this week versus Cleveland, I can't see what I saw versus Pittsburgh. You're not going to see as much of that, but I think you're going to see still see a heavy dose of running. You have to because the oh, line is just going to match up well against that's these com- corners. That's completely fine. I just can't see what I saw versus Pittsburgh because that was high school. That was high school. That was Pee Wee football. That was not NFL football. I'll say this: Hawkinson needs to get involved. Last week he had one target, zero catches. That's Hawkinson was terrible last week. I'll say that he had it two was... critical penalties, one target. He was fucking terrible last week. I mean, the Lions just didn't get him going either. Like they, they didn't. They targeted him once. You, when you have a tight end with that coverage, your best receiver, your best option in the passing game, he needs more targets. Well, they didn't pass the ball, and that's that's my biggest gripe on the game plan. They didn't. Pass I mean, the even ball. if you don't pass the ball, even if you pass the ball, like well, how many times they pass it? 10, 15 times, whatever it is, he no, should still have more than one target. They had a total of twenty-five passing attempts. Right? He had one target out of twenty-five attempts. That's unacceptable. Yeah, it is. 
And a lot of the passes were short screen passes. I mean, you could still like get that. That was the that was the target. It was a it was a tight end screen, and yeah, just didn't work. And yeah, there was one where it was a penalty, but that it kind of as a target because um, it was a penalty. The tight end screen when he was still engaging his block. That was hilarious. TJ's got to step up as well. I know you have to implement him more in your offense, but he's got to step up as well. Like those stupid penalties are costing this offense a lot, and it's just that's what I'm saying. This whole offense has been bad. This this whole offense has been a giant shit show. Yeah, I, I think also I gotta be honest. It. When your quarterback plays like shit, I think your receivers also start to lose some confidence as well. There's confidence. These guys, there's no confidence. With first the of all, the, the, these no guys confidence are being, with the quarterback. It's it's a mess, man. O line, O line is good, but on any team, our receivers are either practice squad guys or strictly to special team guys. These guys are not starting. None of these guys play see the field on another team. Who who sees the field? Who's he the Probably Raymond and not Reynolds. Other than that, no. I mean, say Brown. Say probably, yes. spot, maybe say Brown. Maybe and, and even even if he goes to another team, he's probably buried in a depth chart. Probably. But then who 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 <laughs> Trinity Benson? He's our starter. Cordero Hodge. Who the hell is that? Who are these guys. <laughs> <laughs> these are, starters. These are our like... starters. Come on now. These are our starters. This, 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 I mean, they're not the starters. The starters were no. Raymond and um. No, uh, same Brown. It's, it's Raymond Benton and St. Brown. Yeah, those are the yeah. starters. Um, they got, they, now it's probably going to be Raymond uh, Reynolds. Snap count, look at the snap count, bro. Their their snaps is higher than theirs. Not Kadero Hodge, but Trinity Benson gets Trinity Benson snap snap count is way higher than theirs. Well, I mean, yeah, Trinity Benson's. Oh, yeah, I don't think he's going to be a starter anymore. I think with now Josh Reynolds think he's going to be a starter. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God. But I'm telling you, these guys are. And look at we just picked up uh, Reynolds, but where was Reynolds? He was inactive. Inactive, but where was he on the depth chart? Like he before? was so when they traded for Julio, he went. He was number four versus number, number four. two. Now imagine these guys who we have on our roster right now. They won't. They they don't. They're not on the NFL roster on another team. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're making some good arguments. Uh, yeah, I'm telling you, they got it not They're not on on a on an active roster on another team. So confidence. What confidence? It. <laughs> this is the best. They should be. They should have enough confidence for just for seeing the goddamn field. <laughs> yeah, for real. Not wrong. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be a tough – it's going to be tough to get an offense going this week. You got Tim Boyle at quarterback, so you got a different scenery at quarterback. So we'll see how that ends up going because there really is a lot of unknown with Tim Boyle. You don't really know what to expect because, like Malcolm said, it's really just been very vanilla with Tim Boyle. I mean, his – you know, his highlight tip, I know if you look at it, if it's not a college or if it's not a preseason highlight – it's him kneeling the ball. That's a, that's his career highlight tape in the NFL regular season game. <laughs> yeah, that's legendary. Uh, <laughs> legendary. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. pretty legendary. I mean, he got three million out of it from the Lions for doing shit. That, that's impressive. Yeah, I mean, he. Uh, that means they won a lot of games, and they're they're blowing teams pretty out if they had to go to Tim Boyle to kneel the ball. There's some pauses, man. I mean, he got to sit back and watch a Rod for a while. Maybe. Sure. I mean, that's that's a positive. It, I mean, I could just see myself if Tim Boyle's like very bad, like very bad. I could just see him. I could see myself calling him a scammer already. But I can't say that right now. <laughs> My bad. It was two and a half. It wasn't three, but still, that's a lot. If um, if he if he is a complete shit show this week, do we yes. see David Blau? I don't know, man. They, they don't like David Blau. They do not like David. They don't respect David Blau. Guys, let's be honest. Mal- Malcolm just said the receivers are trash. Um, basically. Right, you're going against good corners, but, like, but but it is the NFL. He brought up the Mike White analogy when they played Cincinnati. He did. Who did the Who did the Jets have at the receiving core? Who did the Jets have on the offensive line? Yeah, Cincinnati. Bro. Cincinnati yeah. has a Cincinnati has a good defense. We saw Don't that. The Jets have Corey, Corey Davis, Davis. Corey Davis. Elijah Moore, Denzel. Corey Davis. Moore. Corey Davis. Was hurt, Denzel Mid, the Denzel Mid, I don't think he's starting. Elijah Moore is nice for them. Elijah, Elijah Moore, Elijah Moore is Elijah Moore is coming to his own recently. Keelan Cole, he's decent. Keelan Cole, solid. But okay, you can understand my point. This is not a great receiving core either. Not that ours is no. anything better. It's it, ours theirs is, is better. Forward. I'd say theirs is probably. Yeah, I mean, we have the worst receiving uh, core probably. I think in everybody's NFL. better than ours right now. Yeah, yeah, I think. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm giving you an example of Mike White. Came into a situation when he played a very talented Cincinnati Bengals team, where I think if we we were breaking down that matchup a couple weeks ago, you would say the Cincinnati Bengals have every single advantage on the New York Jets as far as defensively compared to offensively. Yeah, that's true. 
Yeah. It's a, it's a every give us Sunday type week, man. That's yeah. That's, it's it's, it's the NFL. It's, it's the NFL. NFL. Jacksonville beats the Bills and only allows Josh Allen to get two field goals. Oh wow. Because I mean, the other Josh yeah. Allen messed with him. Yeah, he up. did. The score was nine to six. Yeah. Yeah. So wait, are you saying that you pick are you picking the Lions to beat the Absolutely not? I'm just saying <laughs> I, I'm just saying it is very possible. It's the NFL, anything could happen. But do I have the balls to pick the Detroit Lions this weekend? Do I have the balls to say they'll get anything going on offense successfully in the passing game? Absolutely not. I'm not I'm not advocating that, but I am giving you optimism that there has been prime examples where it's happened before. And who's to say? Why not us? Why can't it be us? Yeah, why not? Why why not us? So, I'm you know, who, who knows? All right. Let's talk about this Lions defense uh, versus Cleveland Browns offense, which we don't know who's starting at quarterback this week for the Cleveland Browns. Pierce is most likely going to be Baker Mayfield, but if it isn't Baker Mayfield, it's going to be Case Keenum, who has NFL starting experience. You guys know firsthand with him being in the NFC North when he was with the Minnesota Vikings with Kevin Stefanski, so they obviously know each other very well. Uh, Peter, what's something you look for this Lions defense to maybe look to use as an advantage this Sunday versus the Browns offense? Their receivers have struggled. Uh, Jarvis Landry, like overall, has been a good receiver in his career, but this year he struggled. They got Jonathan Peoples-Jones. He's dealing with a groin injury. Who's their other receiver? Uh, um, Shorts. He's he's dealing with a, what do you call it? Um, concussion, isn't he? A concussion, yeah. So right now they have um, – I'll give it to you right now. It would be Rashard Higgins. Rashard Higgins. He's also not the best receiver either. Um, they do have David and Joku and Austin Hooper. And Austin Hooper has been a flop for them. He just all that money they gave him, he hasn't worked out. David and Joku's whatever. He's okay, I guess. Um, the run game though, they're the fifth ranked uh, rushing offense. It doesn't matter who's out there. If it's Kareem Hunt, if it's Nick Chubb or Dernest, Dearness Johnson. Giannis Johnson, thank you. If it's one of those, it doesn't matter who's out there. Those guys ball out. They, their interior O-line is probably the best interior O-line in the NFL. J.C. Treader, probably a top five, top six center in the league. Joel Benito and then Wyatt Teller, both top five guards in the league. Um, Jack Coughlin is out. His backup is Blake, uh, Blake Hans. Blake Hans. And then Jedrick Wills has struggled this year, but I still like Jedrick Wills. So, they're, I think what they're going to do, what Cleveland try to do is punch you in the mouth right up the middle. Yeah. Yeah, I could I could definitely see that happening. And you, and you mentioned it. Kareem Hunt's obviously going to be out this week. He's still on IR, so he's not going to be playing this week. And then Nick Chubb's status, I would assume he probably plays because he missed last week because of COVID protocols. He tested positive. Him and um his other running back, uh, Dimitri Felton, they both were out. But I think you brought up a good example. Dearness Johnson's had two opportunities to start now. He had that one Thursday night game where he kind of really broke out versus the Broncos. And then he had also another really good week. Uh, the Browns played the Patriots last week, which they got killed. But uh, Dearness Johnson had a pretty good, you know, outing as well as a running back. And, you know, he, he's one of those guys where if he has to step up to the opportunity, it's – I'm not saying he's Nick Chubb. I'm not saying he's Kareem Hunt. But he's a, he's a damn good running back as well, especially with – the offensive line that Cleveland puts with, you know, with him, I, I think they can yeah. give us some trouble. And I think that's going to be Stefanski's game plan, especially that's what Stefanski has always done, you know, in Minnesota, it's always get the run game involved and then we'll, we'll make some play action in there. And I expect him to do that this week. You know, if the lines prove that they can't stop the run, which it's been very hit or miss, they're either really good at it or very bad versus the run. It's very hit or miss with this Lions defense. And, I think that's going to be Stefanski's initial game plan going into the game and seeing what he could do with this run game. And if it gets going, he's going to probably attack that until the Lions prove that they can't stop it. I got to be honest. I think this week the Lions are going to have trouble stopping the run. Um, when you look at that interior offensive lineman, you look at the Lions' D-line up front, you got Lee McNeil. He's a rookie nose tackle, right? You got these linebackers. They're not as strong against the run. Jalen Ruse, name and Alex Anzalone. Um you have Brockers and Nick Williams. They've been up and down, probably more down than up. And you're without your best edge defender and Trey Flowers. It's just like it's asking a lot. Those three guys literally move people. And, I, like, you remember how the Eagles were moving us? Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be ugly. Um, I hope not, but that's just what I think. It's, I think it's going to be ugly up front. I think Cleveland is going to move us. So I, I thought something that was very interesting in that Pittsburgh game – not something I would have thought that they would have came into the game plan with. And 
I guess I'm going to ask you the question. How did you guys think they did with Najee Harris for versus Pittsburgh? Because he was obviously a very talented running back. Not not as good of an offensive line like we're talking about right now in Cleveland. But how did you guys think the the Lions defense did versus Najee Harris as far as the running game? Um, let me just see something here real fast. I thought they were okay, right? He had 26 carries, 105 yards, 4 yards a carry. I mean, I, like, I thought because I thought they did it really on paper. Good. It doesn't look as good, right? But like when you watch the game, I thought they did a pretty solid job. I mean, because like, in the beginning, in the beginning, he was breaking some big runs. So I think yeah, and then they made, stopped, they adjusted. I think that made his average look a lot better. But yeah. you know, once the rain started to come down, I thought in my head, I'm like, I think Pittsburgh is going to attack this run a little bit more, and, and that this is going to be a problem because I think their run game is going to give us a lot of trouble. But the Lions brought an interesting defensive formation that you wouldn't expect. You would expect that they probably played their big boys like the Penasinis and the Aline McNeils. But frankly, looking at the defensive snap count, according to Justin Rogers, Aline McNeil and John Penasini had the lowest amount of defensive snaps who played on Sunday. Uh, Lee McNeil only had 15 snaps and Penasini only played 14, which uh, Lee McNeil would account for 17% of the defensive snaps and Penasini would count for 16% of the defensive snaps. How much did Levi get, if you don't mind me asking? Because I saw him a little more out there this week. Levi Onzerike played 26 defensive snaps, so that would account for 30%. Someone, I was shocked that he played a line. Yeah, I was going to say Deshaun Hand played played 78% of the off, or defensive snaps, played 68 total snaps in that game, and he was really good. He was really good as far as, you know, in the run game. And they didn't really get much pressures, but as far as stopping the run with the talent running back, Najee Harris, I thought they did a very good job. Yeah, um, but this week I think it's a little more different. You bring up those guys um... – these three guys I mentioned, Treader, Bonito, and Teller. Yeah. Man, they when you when you watch the Browns, like the holes they create is unreal. They move people. Teller, you know this. You got Nick Chubb in fantasy. You watch the Browns all the time. They literally move people. Those guys Chubb are movers. Yeah, yeah all no. aboard the Chubb Hub. Right? Chubb Hub, baby. I love Chubb <laughs> Hub. I don't have him this year in fan. Well, I have him in one of my leagues, but my main league, I don't have him, unfortunately. But last year, carried me to the finals, but wasn't enough. Malcolm didn't make the uh, make the playoffs though, so I just have to throw that out there. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and he lost. He didn't make the playoffs because of Eric Ebron, which, wow. <laughs> Eric Ebron. Okay. Out of out of all guys, but yeah, no, I thought it was interesting the the defensive formation that Aaron Glenn brought last Sunday versus Pittsburgh, and I'm curious to see how he's gonna do this Sunday. Do, Pierre, do you expect him to bring more of those big boys out there for a little more, like a guys like McNeil and Penasini? They get more defensive snaps this week. I don't know what Glenn's gonna do because every three, every week is like kind of different with him. Which I really like. I, I I'm expecting a more heavy front, like yeah. a more heavy um, uh, personnel out there. Like for example, more McNeil, more Penasini. Uh, even Deshaun Hand is good against the run, but he's a little smaller. Maybe more Brockers, right? A little less than Nick Williams, stuff like that. Bring your big boys in. Maybe more Derek Barnes instead of Jalen Reeves. Maybe you know he's a little more bigger. Um, he could probably take on blocks better. I mean, shut off the blocks better. So, stuff like that. Okay, as much as I count on Trey Flowers, this is a matchup I'd really like to have him in. Absolutely. I mean, putting Julian Aquara on the edge in this matchup is not ideal. He's getting better, but he, he still has some work to do. He's good as a pass rusher, but as far as comparing Flowers and Julian as a run defender, you know, it's, it's, it's not, not close. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not, not close dead. yet, no. So... It's going to be – yeah, no, this is a matchup I, I hope Trey Flowers can play in. I know he didn't par- practice on Wednesday, so we'll see how the report looks throughout the week, and we'll have more of an update on that on Sunday for sure. But, um, yeah, I, I agree with you, though. I think especially if Flowers doesn't play, I expect they play more of these bigger guys, You're more of your nose tackles like McNeil and Penasini. Uh, you know, you, you put in Brockers a lot as well. And, you know, maybe you don't play a guy like Julian Aquara as much or Levi Enrique as much. I think you look to more of those bigger sets. Yeah, if Austin Bryan is healthy, because I believe last year, I thought he was a healthy scratch size, but it looks like he was hurt because he was limited this today. So yeah. if Austin Bryant is uh, is healthy, he's actually – he was known in college as, like, setting the edge, right? That's what he was yeah. known for. So he, he's a little bigger. Um, maybe play some more Austin Bryant. He's a little heavier. Yeah, I was just about to I was just about to bring that up that yeah, hopefully Austin Bryant could go if Trey Flowers can't go. Yeah. I think he'll be a big help. You know yeah. what was 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 confusing to me is um we're not seeing much of Derek Barnes. His snap count is extremely low. Yeah, it was Still, amazing, you know, man. Yeah, only had 15 minutes. 
15 snaps last week, 17% yeah. of the defensive snaps. Yeah, it's, it's extremely low, and it's, like, getting lower and lower every week. And I think for some reason, man, it's, 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 I think this is now time you, you need to put him in there, especially against the run, against this team. I mean, they're, like, the rookies, it's kind of weird with them. Like, we saw McNeil playing a little heavy, like a lot of snaps in the beginning, but now he's getting a little less. I think every game is kind of different type of game plan, so – Maybe some games we'll see him more versus other games we won't see him as much. Which mm-hmm. I which I enjoy though. I want to just give a shout out to Aaron Glenn. He's not stubborn to one game plan every single week and saying like I'm going to bring this every week. I'm not saying it works every single week with whatever right. game plan he brings in, but I love that he brings something different to the table every single week, and it's so unpredictable because like you mentioned, it's like I don't even know what to predict right now. Like because they could do whatever they could bring out whatever, and we wouldn't be shocked because. That's just what Aaron Glenn's identity has been since being a defensive coordinator. And I really appreciate that because it's not just a one trick pony. You know, he's not just one guy cover one or I'm going to blitz all the time. Like he, he brings a variety of different defenses and we've seen in certain game plans with the variety of different defenses, it's worked. Yeah. And most of the time he runs a lot of cover two and two men. I think this game, maybe if Cleveland wants to run the ball more, I think maybe you play more cover one versus cover two and two man. Malcolm, would you agree with that? Maybe some cover three also, single high, same thing. Yeah, you got to put some guys in the box. You got to load up the box. Safety got to come down. Right. You got to be in the box, and you got to play the run. And yeah, cover three, cover one, cover one, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Trust your corners. Because if you if you play two man, you have both safeties deep. That's basically telling the you're offense the Browns to run. You're the ball. De- exactly and. They, they want to run the ball. It's pretty obvious with Baker Hurt and their wide receivers struggling a little this year. Uh, rather, I think the game plan yeah. is going to come. You'd rather test so. Baker to try to beat you than Nick Chubb or Dearness Johnson. Like that, that should be the game plan, I think. I'm you should that. dare Cleveland to throw the ball. Exactly. If you lose to Baker Mayfield and the receiving core, you tip your hat because I think if you let Nick Chubb and Dearness Johnson just beat you and you don't have a good defensive game plan, you know, that's a different story. I mean, I don't think we necessarily match up well against them. On we offense. don't, but like, I think you should try to. That should be one hundred percent. That should be the identity coming into the game is where we're going to try to stop them. We might not have the personnel to stop them, but we're going to try to stop them. That's going to be our yeah. plan. Yeah, when well, I agree with you, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll we'll see what the Lions bring on defense this week. We expect Baker Mayfield to play. I expect Nick Chubb to play, even though that's not confirmed, but I, I do expect he'll probably clear protocols um, and end up being activated on Sunday. So uh, do you guys got anything else to add on this Lions defense versus this Browns offense? Uh, let's see. Yeah, so the Lions are 30th against the run, and the Cleveland is fifth at running the ball. So they're also Cleveland is – um, 26 in passing offense. Like how I said, their offense has struggled passing the ball. Yeah. So, and the Lions and pass defense are 16th. So you you could see where this is going, right? Yeah. They're gonna definitely they're gonna look at that and they're gonna see that the Lions are 30th against the run and that's gonna be their game plan. But I I do think those numbers are a little misleading. I really do. I think the Philly game was tough. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I think there's just certain games where those numbers get very high, and then that's where the Lions run defense ends up ranking a lot higher than they should be. Like there's just a couple games, like the Bears game, and uh, you mentioned the Philly game. Uh, there, there's all there's a, some other couple games I can't. A Cincinnati game. You know, there, there's some games in there where you know the number gets high. And I think a lot of that has to do with the Lions offense too, which we talked about with Jared Goff not being able to yeah. stay in the field and you're putting your defense in very bad situations. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. Maybe Tim Boyle, does he, could he sustain a drive a little bit longer? I'm not counting on it, but it's going to be interesting to, you know, keep up with this Sunday and see if maybe we could just hold on to a drive a little longer and keep the defense off their toes a little less. Yeah. This is another game where I wouldn't be shocked. There are some tricks here and there. Maybe on special teams, maybe an onside kick, maybe like a fleet flicker. I think this is a game where you have to find creative ways to try to win this game because the matchup is just tough. Yeah. We talked about they're probably going to run it all over us, and the Lions could somehow get creative. Um, We'll see what happens. Uh, Is is it crazy? I think I said this kind of similar to the Steelers, but when I view the Lions when they're supposed to be good or like, at least what their plan looks like it's supposed to be with Holmes and Campbell. 
Do you think it's fair to say that this Cleveland Browns is a team that they look to kind of maybe mold their team a little bit after get the run game going? We're going to really come – we're going to be known as a running team and we're going to be known as having a pretty solid defense, some good corners, some good edge rushers. That's just like the plan I view of the Lions in the end goal. I view, I view kind of similar to this Cleveland Browns team, like how they're built. I kind of view it like the Bengals because the oh. Bengals are sort of similar like us, right? You had your coach get fired. They, I mean, then they drafted Jonah Jackson. We drafted, um, I believe it was Sewell, right? And then oh, the following year. You said when they drafted who in the Cincinnati? Like their first pick wasn't Jonah Jackson, the tackle. Jonah Jackson. Jonah Jackson's our guy. Not Jonah Jackson, my bad. What's their tackle's name? Jonah Williams. Jonah Williams. Jonah Williams. Oh, yeah, yeah. that was a couple years ago. My bad, yeah. So, so then the following year, they draft their franchise quarterback. Like, for example, this year the Lions got – um, Sewell, yeah. then next year they could maybe take a quarterback or this year, for example. So I think you just build through the draft, right? The Bengals have drafted well. They drafted Jamar Chase. They've drafted Logan Wilson. They've hit on their picks recently. So the Lions could just build through the draft, add some solid free agents, and just keep going, and I think they'll be fine. Um, it's going to take some time, though, guys. Like Even next year, I'm not expecting to be like major improvements because this team has a ton of holes, and they have some bad contracts, too. They're still cleaning up the mess the other regime made. You just have to hit on these first-round picks you have from the Rams, hit on your first-round picks, find some steals in the middle of the draft, and that's how you build. I say Cleveland because they got their edge rusher, Miles Gear with the first overall pick, and then the year after they got Baker Mayfield, and then they also had the fourth pick in that year because they did kind of like what we do. They kind of stacked in some picks. They had multiple first-round picks, and then they got Denzel Ward. And they just did a really good job building that team. And that's a credit to a guy we have in our staff right now, John Dorsey. So I, I just kind of look at like the identity that the Browns have built. I, I just kind of see like that's what the Lions end goal is. That, that's how I viewed it. I think that's like how they're trying to build their team at least. Yeah. When you, when you look at the O-line too, that's a strength for Cleveland, right? Yeah. Obviously Coughlin is her, but when Coughlin comes back, exactly, yep. I mean, shit, they're probably one of the best O-lines in the league, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Lions O-line right now, it's pretty damn good when they're healthy. When they're healthy, you got some problems for sure. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I was like, yo, what you I, I had a little hiccup. No, man. Oh, yeah, okay, I, my bad, my bad, my bad. My I'll, bad, I'll my say bad. this. I'll say this, though. We we kind of look like the Cleveland Browns, and we could get a back that we can hand the ball 20 times to a game. I'm happy. Yeah. Um, I just, the receivers, the receivers are messed up. But, like, the Browns, I mean, they're maybe one more draft away from really fixing their team in one offseason away, like. They have some little holes, not like major holes, that receiver and maybe some linebacker depth, corner depth, right? Other than that, man. Quarterback. That's <laughs> that's the that's the money question. I mean, that that's uh I don't I don't know about that, but they're they're right there though. The Browns are literally right there. They've had a tough year this year. They're they're better, they're a lot better than their record is. They really are their talented team. Um to me, they're one of the most talented teams in the league. I was when just you just look at the players on their team, the talent they have, they're really talented, but they've also dealt with some injuries as well. Like Baker's been hurt. I believe Denzel Ward has been hurt. Um, other guys have been hurt in and out of the lineup. So, yeah. The uh, the attack with Coughlin, he's hurt too, Jack Coughlin. Yeah, we, I believe he was an all-pro last year, wasn't he? He was very good, and that's the guy I wanted uh, two offseason. Or- <laughs> you did, you yeah, did. <laughs> I wanted him very badly, and we ended up paying Big V, but – well, shout out to Big V. We talked a lot of crap about him last year. This year, we haven't said nothing bad about him. So normally, yeah, when you have a guy, that's good news. He's been he's, solid this year. He's, been, he's he's made a good position switch. Since he's been moved to guard, he's been really productive at the guard yeah. position. At tackle, uh, that was a different story last year. Yep. But as far as a guard, he's been very good for this football team. And I, I give credit to Hank Fairley, man. He He's he's making a lot of pieces that like are kind of afterthoughts and just making them – Guys, we're gonna get like another contract. Like Evan Brown, who the hell is Evan Brown? And I think Evan Brown's a guy who could who could be a candidate to not get a big contract, but could get a contract this you know this off season. Right. So. All right. Um, I think that's all we got for Lions Cleveland, and we will be live on Spotify Green Room to talk about inactives and just our last you know last minute thoughts basically on the game. We'll have our predictions underdog picks all on that so if you guys are interested in that we'll be live on spotify green room on 12 o'clock an hour before kickoff so inactives and all that will be out 
And then, obviously, next week, the Lions play on Thanksgiving, so that means Thursday kickoff. So, schedule's going to be adjusted a little bit. So, as far as this week, everything's normal. But for next week, we'll probably do a preview. I think we're aiming for Tuesday night. That could be scheduled to change, but that's where we're aiming to schedule uh, to record our preview for the Chicago Bears. So, stay tuned for all that. We'll probably have more on that on Sunday, and we'll know more about that as we get closer to Thanksgiving. So, Thank you guys for almost for all for the support. You guys have been great. And thank you guys for joining the Spotify Green Room. It's been a lot more lively, you know, the last couple of weeks. And you guys have been supporting, joining in on our shows. And we always appreciate you guys coming in. If you guys could leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, use promo code PRIDEPOD and Underdog Fantasy. They're matching up to $100 of your first deposit. And I'm out, guys. Peace. All right, guys. Like Tyler said, uh, check out Underdog. They're matching $100. Use code PRIPOD and leave a five-star review on all all platforms that you listen on. We appreciate the support. And I'm out. Peace. It's your boy Malcolm, and I'm out, man. Peace. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com